Alongside former Major League pitcher Josh Towers, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the World Series Podcast Part 2. Brought to you by Pregame.com. Thanks for tuning in right here on the Strata Vegas Podcast feed as we are hours away from Game 3 of the World Series tonight in Arizona. The series tied between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks at one game apiece after the Rangers took Game 1 in walk-off fashion and the Diamondbacks took Game 2 in a route. You know, Josh, for two teams that I, I feel like many people did not want to see in the World Series, <laughs> we actually got a pretty good series on our hands. Yeah, I heard uh, I heard a lot about that before the World Series. Like, you know, people didn't really want to see this. Texas maybe, no one wanted to see Arizona, right? But it just goes to what we talk about when it comes to betting and it comes to a few other things. They don't, Arizona doesn't have any big stars. They don't have any $300 million men, right? So then because they don't have any names that we know outside of this new guy that they had come in this year, Corbin Carroll, and he's new to everybody's household, it's like, who am I rooting for? Yeah. I don't, there's no Max Scherzer over there. There's no Corey Seager over there. And so a lot of people don't want to see it. But that's what I do appreciate about Arizona being here is it shows you, again, the whole Tampa Bay philosophy. You don't have to have a huge name on the back of that jersey to be a good baseball team. Mm -hmm. And this team's done a really, really good job. And I think tonight's pitching staff it kind of shows that. Uh, Fought. He's been by far the best pitcher in the postseason. I mean, outside of maybe Evaldi. But the one game versus Milwaukee, which was his first game ever in the postseason, he struggled a little mm -hmm. bit. And then, he that. Went, then he went 10 straight shutout innings against then, the Braves and, and Phillies. And the truth of the matter is, he probably could have completed both those games and not give up a run. But Torrey Lavello doesn't trust him yet. Well, he's starting to really trust him now. But this kid has been phenomenal all the way through to this point. Um, but who is who is he? I never heard of him before, right? And that's kind of like what 25 the— 25-year-old rookie. That's what everybody thinks. And so they can't be good, right? Because they got this kid going versus Scherzer. So Scherzer has to win. And that's not the reality. All of these players are really, really good. I'll earn the name at some point if I stick around long enough. But that's the beauty of this series for, you know, true baseball fans. But I got it. Arizona, Philadelphia—sorry, Atlanta, Philadelphia versus Texas versus Houston— you know, we know a lot of those names in their history, so it would have been a little bit more fun for media and your average fan, but I love it. I mean, this the, the games we've seen so far have been phenomenal. Texas had no business winning game one. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul Sewell doesn't blow saves, and all of a sudden, <laughs> Seager hits the furthest home run I've ever seen, and next thing you know, you got to walk off, and it's a one nothing Texas, and then Arizona steps up and slaps them all over the face and beats them in game two, and it's been great so far. Yeah, and here we are, game three in Arizona tonight. It is Max Scherzer on the mound. For the uh, Rangers and Brandon Fott, as you mentioned, for the Diamondbacks, the line on tonight's game, is it's pretty even split both ways. I mean, it's minus 110 both ways at books. Should be. You can maybe get Rangers minus 112 if you're laying juice. Diamondbacks a little bit reduced, minus 105, minus 108. Here's what we know for the series price. Right now, up on the DraftKings Sportsbook, the Rangers are the favorite to win the series at minus 135. The Diamondbacks plus 115, which is interesting because... Came down. They, it's it's even, and the next three games are in Arizona, including tonight. But the pitching matchup would say it favors the Rangers because, uh, well, I guess maybe not. I mean, if you have Scherzer tonight, but then it's, I don't know, game four, what the Diamondbacks are going to do. And then you go back to Gallon and Merrill Kelly. That's the but, whole thing, right? When you when you stop using all of your starters, yeah, and then you do this, mm -hmm. that's tough. And you look at the World Series MVP price right now. Well, your favorite uh -oh. is Adolis Garcia. Uh oh, yes, He sir. is your favorite right now, plus 230. <laughs> your second favorite is Corbin Carroll. 
at plus 450. Corey Seager is plus 500. Cattell Marte, plus 750. Tommy Pham, I guess four after hits. a four for four night. He'll do it. He's plus 800. Merrill Kelly. 16 to 1 now. So these things, these odds about, are going to change game it? after game. Do you recall what Gallon was when we first started talking about this at the beginning of the week? Because again, I told you, like, it's hard to, it, it's hard to pick pitchers. I mean, he's, yeah. he won the first two and, and, and then he lost the last three, or they lost the last three. He got credit for two losses. But again, he's given up runs in every first inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't been great, but he's kept, he's done enough to keep them in a, in, the, in a position to win. And then you go to like Fott, who had, Probably ridiculous odds, and he's well, been right now, seventy to one. And it should be because they won't let him pitch in the sixth or seventh inning. If they, if they would let this kid just do his thing and go, first off, they would definitely win all his games, which I think they've already done anyways. But if they just let him pitch, it would save their bullpen. It would give them element of surprise. He would go seven, eight innings super easy, and he would probably walk away with this award. But he can't, he's not going to get it. It's impossible. That's why we can't bank on pitchers. You have to have the most amazing, I threw a complete game shutout type series. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're not getting it. Yeah. So, again, Chapman hitting the walk-off. Corey Seager hitting the bombs. Hummy Fam adding four hits in one night. Like, now you're starting to figure out who's going to win the World Series because we know it's coming from that team. And then you start to, like, throw your money towards because we got a little bit better of an idea of who's having a good series, and that will continue. Yeah, these odds are going to change game by game. As far as the pitching props for tonight, you, you mentioned Fod, and you don't think they're going to let him go. His outs recorded prop is at 13 and a half for tonight's game. So you're talking about just getting two, one to two outs in the fifth inning. Do you think he completes five? I, at this point, how do they not let him? That's the thing. And, and so we have an open day for the next game. We don't know who the starter is yet, right? It doesn't seem like they're going to bring back Gallon early. Um He's got to have to eat innings at some point. Now, is he going to have a great game again? Is he going to be locked in? His stuff suggests that he's he's doing everything right, but he has had bad games in the past, but I guess we all have. Um, if, if you're trying to save the pen, if you're not sure who you're going to go next, if you— Well, if probably you, it's going to be a bull—I would assume then, that then tomorrow's a bullpen day. Then he has to eat innings. Somebody has to eat innings. Yeah. Like, tomorrow's going to be some combination of, like— Ryan Nelson and yeah. Thompson, whoever, you know, it's going to be a, like a bullpen yeah. which combination. Is, which doesn't bode well for them. Yeah. doesn't bode well for them at all. Um, sure. He only saw the fifth inning. He only, uh, if you look That's at his great. game logs this postseason, he went five and two-thirds against Philadelphia the first time he faced them. He only threw 70 pitches in that he one. He deals. Yeah. He has no reason to be coming out of these games. Zero reason. These managers are so afraid of the last part of the game. They have no, they're, they're afraid. The players aren't afraid of it. It's the managers in the front office trying to figure out an excuse for if they lose or an excuse if they win. And, again, we saw Merrick Kelly get pulled the other day, and he didn't shake the coach's hand. He's like, You're yeah, really, are you pulling me right now? And he wouldn't so, shake it. And I love it. And so what did it, what happened his next start? Oh, they let him go a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he backed it up, too. Well, at home, where Brandon Fott had, had kind of reverse splits this year, he was bad at home, he was better on the road. Uh, at home in the postseason, he is not allowed to run. At home, two starts against the Dodgers and Phillies in Arizona, a combined 10 innings, four hits, 11 strikeouts, zero walks, zero runs. Man, I kind of want to play the over 13 and a half tonight for Brandon Fott. Um, Circuit's 14 and a half. Yeah, well, they're a short book. Yeah. So we got DraftKings at 13 and a half, Circa at 14 and a half. I mean, it's, I don't think he gets pulled in the fifth inning. I think he'll go five. Let's check William Hill. Um, but that's interesting. And it makes it makes a ton of sense because you're right. He's going to have to eat innings. 
if they want to, if tomorrow is going to be a bullpen day, if they're going to mix and match pitchers, start with Ryan Nelson. They have to win today, by the way. Of course, you don't want to go down too. They're losing tomorrow. If they're oh, you doing think that. so? If they're going to go bullpen day and you got Ryan Nelson and whoever else is their starters, these guys are all coming out of the pen. Those guys are going to get touched up, guaranteed. Okay. Brandon Fott on William Hill, 13 and a half. Yeah, you got to go somewhere else if you're taking the over. No, you got to go 13 and a half for the over, William Hill. Yeah. William Hill or DraftKings. Don't go to. to Circa. No, you want the under? Yeah. They go Circa. For Max Scherzer, on the other hand. Now, this is interesting. Scherzer's prop is at 14 and a half outs. I don't, he's not even and come close a, to five innings, dude. There is a story out uh, this morning that Max Scherzer has been dealing with a cut we go. on his thumb. I'm going to read you from the article, and I want your thoughts, obviously. Former Major League pitcher, you can tell me how what Scherzer is dealing with. Scherzer developed a cut on his right thumb earlier this month. He doesn't believe it's going to hinder him when he takes the ball tonight. I'm paraphrasing from the article here on ESPN.com. says here the Rangers medical staff developed a remedy to provide a layer of protection. Super glue and cotton. Scherzer said, quote, a little arts and crafts in the training room at times, but that's what you've got to do, end quote. says here Scherzer pitched with the same cut on the inside part of his right thumb near the nail in both outings this postseason, but downplayed the effect on the results. He believes the cut might have stemmed from the skin on his hand not being as calloused due to the time off from throwing at high intensity. So, explain this to me. Is the cut, It's they said inside of the thumb, so that's like between the thumb and the pointer, like where you would hold the ball, or where you would put your thumb underneath the ball on certain grips? Yeah. I got it's so much to say that you just read that. Um yeah, so I'm trying to look like how I hold the baseball. My thumb kind of comes at a – it's kind of on the inside of the thumb. It's not on the bottom, obviously, because yeah. my finger don't turn that way. So you build, as you can see on here, I know we're on radio, but I have this callus here, Yeah. right? And then it kind of runs up towards my nail, but there's this – it looks like a, an almost like a blister, right? You can yeah, see it right here. That's so from it's, it's, years and years of throwing yeah, 90 like mile a, fastballs. It's like a half centimeter below my uh-huh. nail yep. towards the middle of the finger, right? And so – yeah, so that's kind of where the ball sits on your thumb. Now I can turn that in and out and make the ball move a little bit more, you know, uh-huh. depending on what I want to do. Especially I'll go my two-seamer and I'll tuck this in, and it makes the ball a little heavier, and I can get that Greg Maddox movement. There's a lot of cool things we can do. I've had cuts on these fingers too, man, the way he's talking about. I had one on my middle finger, actually had a, bl- uh, a ward on the middle finger split open. It's very difficult because you're talking about right on the bed of it, and you got to put that on the baseball. That's hard. This part, it's, it's definitely uncomfortable, and... The fact of the matter is, is I can't put anything on it. It's illegal. We can't doctor the ball, right? So I can't put anything on my hands. So if he does, then they go check my hands. They see something, right? Mm-hmm. It's illegal. I don't care where it is. Give me on top of my hand. It doesn't matter. It's illegal. So, so they're doing super glue and cotton. This, this is, it, you know what blows my mind about this is first off, let's not make excuses. If you're going to take the ball, then shut the bleep up, right? <laughs> like you chose to take the ball. So I don't want to hear any excuses. Like, I don't know if this is right, but Newsday says, Max Scherzer blames cut on thumb for ALCS woes. I doubt that, but I didn't hear the interview, and it wouldn't let me pull it up. Here's the deal. I don't want to hear any of this nonsense from Max Scherzer. You're choosing to take the ball. So if you're a hindrance to your team, then sit it out. Let somebody else play. Otherwise, quick zip. Yes, we did super glue my finger together. Yes, I had to scrape it off every day and redo it. And so I had to kind of hide this from, obviously, the TV and everything else. But, yeah, you do super glue. There are tricks to the trade. I can do this every day in between. I just can't do it on my start day because, again, I can't have it be seen. Um, 
If it's up higher, I don't think it affects me as much. I don't think my thumb affects me as much as, as my pointer or my middle finger would. It's, it's not... Would comp- it affect movement, though? Do you think it's like- just the pressure of the baseball on it, right? Okay. So is it is it is it split open enough to where that hurts when when I have it cleaned off? Um, it, it 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 can bother me. I can also pitch through it. I don't think that's why Max is getting pulled because if that's the case, then how's he even going one inning? But all of mm-hmm. a sudden, somebody gets on base in the third and he's getting pulled in yeah, because well, of his thumb. That's that's said, not reality. He said that that he's his throwing intensity is at a hundred percent. He's back from his shoulder issue. He's fine. Well, this He's is my problem. At 100%. But Scott, this is my problem with all this, right? So, is he blaming his thumb? Is he blaming this? Who who's doing this? And and this happened early in the month. You read early in the month. Well, mm. we're at the end of the month, and he's had plenty of starts since then. And I haven't heard any cries about this since this has started. Now all of a sudden, I'm hearing this because he got pulled pretty early. I still don't think he should have been pulled. I thought he was throwing just fine. Uh, I don't think they trust Max Scherzer. Here's what Scherzer said about one more thing. pitch count. One more thing before that. When he got busted earlier in the year uh-huh. for cheating, yeah. I couldn't believe the interview that he gave. He started talking about, well, you know, they uh, the MLB and they, well, they had me like uh, use alcohol to clean my hands and yeah, then I yeah, picked yeah, up the yeah. rosin bag. Every one of us pitchers in the world who's ever played this game knows that alcohol on my pants, uh-huh. and a little bit of rosin gives me the stickiest stick of all time. Yeah. So that's where we cheat. So when I got my white pants on, I throw some alcohol on it. You can't see. I take that rosin behind the mound, and I pat it on my leg. And you don't know that I'm doing this. And so I just put it on an area that I touch the most. I always touch my belt loop the most or mm-hmm. my cuff the most. I put it in an area that I touch the most so it's normal, and it gives me the stickiest stick of all time. This dude sold himself out in an interview. You saw that. And now he's selling himself out again. You saw that the Trevor Bauer video where he, like, yeah, showed everybody. Yeah, like, awesome. He's like, yeah. guys, this is what we do. Yep. We take the, take a little take a little alcohol. We rub it. And now my hands are clean. My hands are clean, right? I can't touch. I can't grip the baseball. But now we put a little rosin on it, and it's like Velcro. It's like, yeah. it really is. <laughs> and again, all I want to do is control the baseball. I don't need yeah. to cheat. I'm not trying to get it to like like clump on one area to get it to move. I just want to be able to hold the baseball. Of course, because if I can control that, sometimes the baseballs are so soft they slap it out of your hands, slip out of your hands. That's I how you just, hit batter, sir. I just, 100%. I just want to be able – and they don't always rub the balls up. And later in the game, we go through a ball per pitch. I think it's 1.2 pitches or something. Later in the game, the balls are white. These relievers get terrible balls too, by the way. Listen. Because they're at the, they're, they're the bottom of the box of the last ones. He yeah. sold himself out saying that MLB – as soon as supposedly MLB says, hey, clean your hands with rosin and then touch the, the – the, or sorry, clean your hands with alcohol and then touch the rosin, hold the ball. I'm like, are you out of your effing mind? Like, there's no way I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. I'll clean my hand with rosin and pick the ball up – or sorry, alcohol and pick the ball up. But if you think I'm combining the two and holding that ball, you're crazy in front of somebody. And for him to – he sold himself out. And so now he's doing it again. Why are we talking about what you're putting on your thumb? Yeah, because what's going to happen is if he does pitch a gem tonight, don't you think a, a that Tory, Le- Tory Lavella is going to be like, check his thumb, check 100%. his thumb. What's he got on there? And What's so he got he, on there? Every time he walks off the field and yeah, he has to give his, his hands, hands yeah. and they see anything on his thumb, he's out. Yeah. So, so, now, he, he, so, now, so he's not going to have anything on his hands. He can't have can't, anything on yeah. his hands. He can't have anything on his hands. And so is this going to be a premeditated excuse if he doesn't do well? I think it's a ridiculous timing of this article. I don't know Max Scherzer to, to make excuses. He wouldn't be this good if he made excuses. I, I, I'm shocked that this is coming out now, especially as the one you said happened earlier in the month and we're at the end of the month. So mm-hmm. he's been pitching with this clearly. Well, just for the two starts, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't uh, – yeah, I don't – Here's what he said about his pitch count. Tonight. I don't think he has anything to do with anything. He said, anything. quote, 
I don't know what my finishing pitch count number is actually going to be. Because they won't let him pitch. I'm still trying to build back up in that regard. But in terms of throwing 100% effort, yeah, I can do that. Scherzer in his two starts this postseason. Does it, where... look, like, does it look like on this photo that he uses that part of his thumb? Look how big his hands are. Let's see. So Scherzer threw 63 and 44 pitches. And we're looking at him. This is an ALCS start. Yeah, the thumb, the thumb is underneath the ball on the laces. He tucks it way underneath because his thumbs are pretty big. Yeah. I, I can't get my hand well, he's that probably far. Curveball there. I can't get my hand that far underneath it. Uh, no chance. You can't tuck your things here and throw a curveball like that. The ball slip out this way. Right. That's going to be some sort of fastball. That's going to looks like his four seam fastball there. I just, not, figured, I just figured he was coming down, nah, you know, over this, the top. To a curveball, this has to get underneath fully because this has to hold the ball. So because the, the curveball's coming out like this. Uh. So if I tuck this under on a curveball, it's just going to slip out on me. No wonder all my curveballs went straight. Yeah. Or they fall out. They fall, <laughs> they're straight up in the sky. <laughs> so, you know, reading this stuff about Scherzer's cut and, the, and him not knowing his pitch count. It makes me feel like 14 and a half is just too high of a number for his outs prop tonight. I think it's amazing that they don't he they're trying to say they don't know his pitch count. They clearly know it. What what's really being said is is I don't know if they're going to pull me or not. I don't know if they're using this as an excuse. I don't know. I doubt Max is, but I it, I I just think the fact of the matter is they don't trust him. Mm. That's what I think. He hasn't been good. He hasn't been the Max they hope. He's coming back. Uh, Nathan Evaldi but this was is what not makes good. this is what makes the Rangers so dangerous is that if sure let him be him he's the guy tonight then they're winning this game and they're having if he's the guy tonight if Scherzer goes out there and throws a gem tonight they win this game they have the advantage coming up in game number four and then in game five you're going back to Yavaldi it, it just it, the series cha- this is this is the most important game of the series. You know, I'm going to pull up the odds right now in terms of... And he's like, listen, he's he's been giving up runs early quite often. He's not the shutout guy, the lockdown guy that we've seen in a long time. He's like Gallon. He gives up runs early. He settles in. The more he pitches, the better he gets. He's very intelligent. He's very creative. Like, if you want the best version of Max Scherzer, you got to let him... Now, he, again, he does have to build his pitch count up. That's why I was shocked that he threw 44. He threw 63 his first start. And he threw 44 in two and two-thirds his second start. Uh-huh. And that shocked me because I felt like he was in a position where he could have went further. And I think they had the lead, if I'm not mistaken, in that game. I was, I was shocked that they were pulled. So they didn't do anything to bump his pitch count up or build his stamina. So, again, what's his count going to be? 60? It's still low. I still can't see. I, I don't think there's a chance that he goes five innings. Not even close. He would have to be perfect for them to let him go four and two-thirds or whatever that said. Or just give up, like, one run. You he know. gave up two in this one. They pulled yeah. him. So teams that take a 2-1 advantage in a best-of-seven series have won more than 70% of those series. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty pretty big number. There's a really, really good chance Arizona wins tonight, Texas wins tomorrow. And we're tied at 2-2. Yeah. And then it comes down to game five, and then it's Zach Allen at home, where he's much better. It's the same matchup as game one. Yeah, it's always going to be, yeah. Against Yavaldi. So if that's the case, I mean, do you like taking – so what – you say Arizona tonight – Zach Allen has not been a lockdown guy, just so we're clear. He's not the guy we saw all season. Would you bet right now series handicap? Would you bet the Diamondbacks plus one and a half games right now? Minus 215. You mean they can lose four to three and we win? They can lose in game seven and you win the bet. 
Oh, or they win the series. Game six is four two. Yes. Um, okay, so two two. If you think that it's gonna be two two with yeah. game five in Arizona with Zach Gallon on the mound, would you bet right now Diamondbacks plus one and a half games for this series? I don't know how you don't take that. It's minus two fifteen, so it's juiced. It's but juice heavy. Well, because they got the three games at home right now. So you got you got a few options, right? Arizona mm-hmm. wins the series. Arizona goes to Game Seven. Yep. Or you lose. Or you lose, and they lose in six. Sixty-six percent chance. Five. Who knows? Do we like sixty-six percent chance in this uh, in this industry? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would take that. I, I, right now, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ. It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. I don't. I honestly don't know who to bet tonight, and I'm staying away from the game. If we're looking at the probable pitchers, it's clearly Arizona for tonight. Yeah. Oh, for Fod against Scherzer. Yeah, yeah. clearly. Right if, now, if you're going first five, it's Arizona. Total is nine. Now, before this series started, I I had the lean, which most people did. It's not. It's it's not like this was a. Uh, this was like a, a a massively sharp angle to look at. Like it's kind of obvious. Like Texas is such an offensive ballpark. Like I was like, hey, oh, you know what? The games are probably going to go over in Texas, and no, the game and, and the it's game. Not, it's not the old stadium. It's still an over ballpark, and then not for sure. But and I said, oh, they're going to go over in Texas and maybe under in Arizona. So both game one and two go over naturally. So now we have a total of nine. Is that too high for the game tonight in Arizona? Here's the thing, right? And I don't know the scores. Actually, I do know the scores. I think it was six five and like eight one, something like that. 
Six five and nine one. Yeah. Nine one. Okay. Mm-hmm. The reason the overs happen is because of the bullpens. We bring bullpens in too early. We put guys in situations they're not used to. That's pressure, pressure, pressure. And so we feel like we have to make a pitch. As soon as I put a guy on or whatever, my manager is going to panic and he's going to get somebody else up. There's no trust with these guys because you can't. And so it's an overmanagement, stress style of playing baseball. And the relievers always give up runs. The overs don't happen in the first five in these games. They happen later in the game. So it's hard for me to bet an under knowing that you're not ever going to let a starting pitcher dominate the game. Mm. The only way unders happen is if starters do their job. But we're not allowed to do our jobs in the postseason. So it's hard to ever bet unders in the postseason. Well, nowadays now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we used to have the, the Cleveland Indians. I forgot his name. Um, throwing complete game shutouts and Roy Holiday throwing no hitters and we used to have guys that actually Pedro Martinez ain't coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jorge, uh, Jorge Posada, he was catching him. Uh, and, talk, Andy Pettit. Were you thinking Cliff Lee? No. Oh, who were you thinking? No, in the nineties. Oh, the right-handed kid. He was a rookie and he came up and just dominated the world for Cleveland. I can't think of his name. He was electric. Cliff Lee was so good, by the way. One of my favorite people I've ever been around. I ever met. I loved hanging out with Cliff. And there's a few pitchers, Greg Maddox, Mike Messina, Cliff Lee, Roy Halladay. There's a few pitchers that, for me, as a player, when they face, like when I face them, I don't care if it was spring training or not, like I was on the handrail watching. And I, did, I just, I thought Cliff was a master on the mound. I, I can't think of exactly who it was. Um, again, you're talking two decades ago plus. But, it, it, like, just knowing how I grew up, the game I played at an earlier age, and and the game that, you know, obviously I, I played in and watching these guys, like we used to let pitchers dominate the game. And, and that's how it was. You want to set this bullpen up to find success. I can't run relievers out there every single game versus the same guys every single day and think that they're going to get the same result every single day. Eventually, the hitters are going to learn something about us as well. We only have so many pitches and so many sequences and tendencies. And it's why there's an addition and subtraction of velocity, why I have to, like, get overly creative on the mound. We're not just throwing. And so – our game today doesn't allow for these CGs the way we did a few years back. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about Cliff Lee for a second. Cliff Lee, I think, had two complete games. Roy DeHolliday, obviously. There's certain guys that took over games, and that's why teams were certain. We, we don't have that today. So, I mean, it's, it's a reason why there's no bets on the book that says, well, a pitcher throw a complete game in the postseason. It'd be minus 70. It'd be worse <laughs> than Tyson Fury over Francis Naganu line, right? It would be minus 38,000 that a pitcher would throw a complete game. And everybody would bet it the plus just in case, but it would never happen. So We don't allow it today. So what do we think in terms Look at, of— Hold on real quick. Look at Paul Seawall. Did you see his interview when he gave up the home run to Seager? Yeah. He said, you know, clearly Corey looked like he was trying to get on top of a high fastball. Mm-hmm. Um, he was making no excuses. By the way, Paul Seawall's interview was very class. I mean, it was awesome. But he did reference— I pitch against these guys all year, and I've seen the top five part of the lineup all season being yeah. in Seattle, being in the same division, yes. and now I'm facing them in the postseason. This isn't the first time I face these guys. They're mm-hmm. all very familiar with me, and I'm very familiar with them. And so he did. Maybe maybe that's how he got Seager the first few times of the season when he faced him. You know, he knows, and Corey knows for sure. We don't have that iPad in front of us that tells us all this, but these guys have that information they're privy to. And so maybe Corey goes – you know what, He's he started me with that first pitch fastball quite often inside. I'm just going to get ready just in case it's up. And Corey jumps all over it because it was. And so, you know, it shows you why location is so important. I mean, again, I remember, like, Tom Glavin talking about, hey, 
so-and-so is coming up. I'm going to throw him a first-pitch curveball. And a member of his catcher goes, dude, we, have a, we don't throw first-pitch curveballs. He goes, I know. I haven't thrown him a curveball in six months. He won't be ready, so I'll get a first strike, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's the things that we think about in the dugout, and we go back to video and the notes that we have taken on all these hitters that we have faced. And we start to get creative, and then you see me rolling a first-pitch breaking ball. It's right down the middle as a guy sitting on your couch and a girl. You're like – Oh my God, I would have backlegged the nonsense out of that. And you don't realize that I already knew he wasn't swinging. It's the only reason I flipped that nonsense in there, right? So there's so many creative things. Hitters do a very good job sometimes of setting us up, which isn't the norm. We usually set them up, mm-hmm. but they do a really good job sometimes. And, and it's that's what makes the game so fun to me, Scott, when I'm on the mound, is when I start seeing that, oh, I got you, and then you got to quickly get a step ahead with your brain, just like we always are with the drug testing. We're always a step ahead of MLB <laughs> as players, right? And I got to do that to these hitters, and I love it, man. Like, there's times where you give up a hit, and you're like, oh, you son of a – okay, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think Corey was a step ahead this time. So <clears throat> let's take a look at the player props for tonight and see if there's anybody that we, uh, that we like is in terms of any side bets that we're going to do. Max Scherzer, by the way, in his career against the lineup here for the Diamondbacks, he's faced Evan Longoria, 22 at-bats, Jace Peterson, who's not going to play tonight, 27 at-bats, Tommy Pham, his short-term teammate with the Mets, 23 at-bats. Neither has had any success against him. Uh, Tommy Pham, three hits and 23 at-bats. Everyone else has just been a couple here and there. Lourdes Goriel, one for eight. Uh, saw the Diamondbacks, I guess, one time when pitched for the Mets, maybe, because Corbin Carroll won for again, two. Again, again, like, look to see who these guys coming out of the pen, look to see their numbers. Max ain't going deep. We know yeah. that. He's not going to go deep. Max faced Arizona at Arizona. This was... His old team. Didn't they bring him in the game? Yeah, he started there. Um, but he at Arizona on July 4th, okay, Scherzer went... Wow, Cattell Marte had a three-run home run in that one. Uh, Scherzer in that game. Was it a day game? It was July 4th. It should have been. It should have been, game. right? He yeah. always gives up homers early in day games. Every it single was a time. 110 game, yeah. Every Jason. single day game he gives up a home run early. So Scherzer went six innings, five hits, four runs, nine strikeouts, three home runs allowed. Yeah, he doesn't like day games. I don't care. He gave up a home run in the first inning to Corbin Carroll. It's my, it's my favorite bet. Max Scherzer, day game. Yeah. First inning, yes. That's my favorite. So he gave up a bot- bottom of the first home run to Corbin Carroll. All right. Carroll was batting third, and he gave up a home run. Then he gives up a home run in the fourth inning to Christian Walker. Then he gives up a home run also in the fourth inning to Lourdes Gurriel. So three home runs in the first four innings, and then doesn't give up a run for the next two innings. So he finishes six innings pitched, five hits. Three of them home runs and four runs allowed for Max Scherzer in his only start against the Diamondbacks this season when he was pitching for it's the Mets. It's tough, dude. He's over a month off the shelf, right? And he comes in, and he's trying to build his strength up in the postseason, and he's only three starts in, and they pull him early. It's tough, man. I mean, even if he goes perfect, he's not going more than, what, four to five, and that would yeah. have to be perfect. And he's not going perfect. He's he's been all over the place. He's been giving up homers. He's walk guys. He's hit guys. I mean, if uh, Max is the guy who can pitch in the strike zone and find success, and I think if he's willing to go back to that, like we will see a very good version of Max Scherzer. But if he's trying to live on the corners, it's not it's not the play right now for him. He doesn't. He's not sharp enough yet. So Brandon Fod's first major league start. 
this season was at the Texas Rangers on May 3rd. In that game, our boy Brandon fought. I, mean, I, I, can, I didn't even see the game, but I can already tell you. What, what are you going to say? It's a, there's only two options. Yeah. You either deal yeah. or you get tapped. In your first major league start. That's it. Yep. Four and two-thirds innings, nine hits, seven <laughs> runs, four home runs allowed. Does it say how many runs in the first? In the first inning, the no runs. No runs in the first nice. inning. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. Shut him down in the first. Um, he wound up giving, let's see, Fod. Uh, it was we don't know what to do. Second there. inning home run by Jonah Heim, who's struggling like nobody's business is. Then a wow. Josh Josh Young home run in the fourth, and He's then also struggling really bad. Leody Tavares homered in the fifth. So hey, Josh is hitting three oh two this postseason. Remember mm-hmm. I told you uh, an MVP is that not the softest three oh two you've ever seen? Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing behind he it. Bounces out of it tonight. I he's been he's one of the guys I was looking at like Dude, right now he, his total bases is he's get so many good pitches to hit one and a half plus one he's missing them he's like swinging long he's late like it's weird right now Young is thirty to one to win the MVP if you're looking at his Dude, Nate Lowe's a liability for this team by the way you think so oh my god defensively offensively he's in bad places yeah God I wish that this dude somebody would get a hold of Nate Lowe and just clean him up. And teach him the, like the, the fundamentals and the discipline of our game because mm-hmm. I think that he is so damn talented. But he is just if he runs it in on accident, he hits it. But I just I, he's in bad positions. His throws like he I don't know, man. I just I have not been impressed. But here's my thing, right? So th- they kind of did that. Like Garver, okay. Then you had Heim, Low, and Jung and Tavares, and all those guys are struggling. Like I said Josh Young is in three hundred two, but it's a very soft three hundred two. Heim is struggling really bad with the bat. Lowe is struggling really bad with the bat. Tavares, who looks like this prototype center fielder, is struggling really bad with the bat. And they have all four of these, five of these guys batting five through nine, mm-hmm. six through nine. And, and that's where you're giving this team a break. But if these guys can somehow, somehow get out of this slump, just give me two of these guys to get out of the slump. This Texas team is crazy, crazy dangerous. But these guys are struggling bad. Take one of these guys and move it. Simeon's not hitting. His stance, that, that, Alex Bregman type stance that he has, it's not good for him. He's too tense. He's too tight. His right hand is not getting through the zone in a relaxed state the way he used to. I don't know why he's doing it. I understand that you have a lineup that you don't want to change, but maybe move Simeon and put Young up there. Or maybe like start altering that lineup around a little bit, kind of like what Philly did to make themselves pretty difficult or what Arizona does at times. But you don't put four guys in a row that are all struggling at the same time because you let me walk through it. Arizona run scored at home this postseason four in one game against the Dodgers, two in the 2-1 win over the Phillies, six in the come-from-behind win against the Phillies where they uh, beat up on Craig Kimbrell, one run in the loss to the Phillies. So one, six, two, and four. So not a lot of runs scored at home for the Diamondbacks in this postseason and we just know the Rangers rake. It doesn't matter where they are. They go on the road to Houston. They're putting up a ton of runs. They're at home. They put up runs. So it's a tough play for me to pick a side for tonight. I mean, because they, they only scored one you mentioned game. You mentioned the total. You like over nine just because of the off-the-bullpen off guys. I think my best bet Not for, necessarily in this game, just in general yeah. in the postseason of the World Series. I think my best bet for tonight's game is going to be to fade Max Scherzer. I agree. I think Max under his inning count. His strikeouts, it's four and a half. I don't want a piece of that. But I, I think I'll agree. go under 14 and a half 
for Max Scherzer outs recorded. I think that's what I'm going to go with. Um, if you can find a higher Ooh. number, what's oh, that? Strikeout, sorry. Yeah, no. Fought at four and a half. He can easily go over that. Yeah. He's averaging a strikeout at inning. If we think he's going to go into the fifth, I think we can. I think that <sighs> I think Scherzer, sure, I think I'm going to fade Scherzer tonight. The whole thing with the thumb, I don't know, and, and, and the innings. I know Bochi wants to see length out of him, but I can see Scherzer going four and, and then taking him out. When's the last time we saw him pitch deep in a postseason game? You know, it's been a long time. Yeah, you have to go back to the Dodgers, I guess. And the Dodgers yeah. pull him early every time. Yeah. Why is that? What is going on with Max Scherzer? He's the highest-paid pitcher in baseball, and yet we don't trust him in the postseason. Just, what am I missing? It's just going to be his... Uh, How is he Clayton yeah. Kershaw? How is he Clayton Kershaw? What do you mean? The best pitchers in our no. game, and they both can't pitch in the postseason? Scherzer last year for the Mets when he got rocked by the yes. Padres, four and two-thirds in that one game. Yeah. And the last time before that was with the Dodgers in the... Pulled in the fourth as well. Or the fifth, one of those two, early. Yeah. I guess five, five. No, he went deep. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, he went pretty deep. He was... Did he have more than one start then? Yeah, he had a ton of starts. Yeah. He went uh, five innings in wild card, then... Uh, oh, this was not with the Dodgers. I'm sorry. This is with the Nationals when they won the World Series. Oh, yeah, yeah, different. Okay. So, seven innings, seven innings. Yeah, five and five. Yeah, he was good in that World Series. He was he was good in that entire postseason. Yeah, they were so good. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, yeah. Nope. He had... I mean, it's nice when you know... That they know what's coming, and then you can throw something different. With the Dodgers, it was bit. one seven-inning start against San Francisco. Did you know that? It was four and a third. I think it's well documented. But what? So the Nationals had a team meeting before the World Series mm-hmm. facing Houston because they had a player from Houston on their team, and they knew that they were tipping pitches. Uh, Strasburg was rattled like nobody's business. This was never came out. By the way, Strasburg, we haven't seen him since, rattled that Houston knew the pitches and didn't know what to do. He was, like, just out of his mind. But it was, like, Tony Sip, I think it was, uh, had played with Houston. And so he knew what was happening, which is crazy that you wouldn't switch some stuff up, knowing you have a former teammate on the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going into the World Series, the Nationals knew that they were tipping pitches every time. They knew what they were doing. And so the Nationals just used that as in, into their favor and played against it. It was great. Well, yeah, Strasburg was the one that was tipping, right? Yeah. He was rattled that he knew he like he thought he was tipping. He didn't know where they were getting it from. Like he had it. Like he's just he was so mentally. Hey, here's an old article. Strasburg saved the Nationals in Game Six because he stopped tipping pitches. Yeah, no, yeah, that's not that's not it actually at all. He wasn't tipping. He was just rattled because of what he knew Houston know. But when he collected the information and then he saw a couple guys go through it, he's like, okay, I got this. And so they started, again, just throwing alternate pitchers or different pitches that then the trash can beat means a fastball. Then I'll just throw something else, right? <laughs> um, and so they, they switched some things up, and it was great what, what, what the Nationals did. But, you know, it's also nice going into the World Series knowing what's happening ahead of time. Um, and I think it's fair play, right? You're going to cheat, and I have that information. All right, yeah. let's go. All right, so do you agree? You on board with my best bet for tonight? Under Scherzer, 14 and a half outs? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, again, he has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that. Boji doesn't want to pitch him. And we got a premeditated excuse built in already? I'm not a fan of this. Yeah. All right, well, that's what I'm going with. I'm going with the uh, first, uh, I'm going with, yeah, Scherzer, under 14 and a half outs. And how about this one? Let's go. Oof, no, I don't want two and a half runs. I was going to say Diamondbacks team total in the first five innings over two and a half runs plus 114. That's three. Did they score three off of Scherzer? Yeah, for sure, but it's tough, right? 
You get plus money on it. I mean, you're putting the total for first five five in. The total for the first five innings is yeah. The total of the game is nine. Yeah. So let's go and yeah for the Rangers team total first five innings is two and a half as well. I mean, plus you, you start you start matching you know you start dissecting all these lines and and it like if you look at fought stuff right, um, and that tells you the majority of these five are coming off Scherzer if they really think it's getting to five. Yeah. I mean, I know that's not what those lines mean, but if you look at it that way. Let's go. Uh, I'll I'll do it as well. I'll throw it in there as well. Since I'm fading Scherzer, I'm fading Scherzer. Let's go under 14 and a half outs for Scherzer. And then we'll go over two and a half runs in the first five innings for the Arizona Diamondbacks plus 114. Give me three runs off of Scherzer within the first four innings. And I'm happy. Guy. Just give it to me in the first and call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> He's former Major League pitcher Josh Towers. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Uh, game three of the World Series is tonight. We'll catch up with you again uh, later on in this series, unless uh, we have, uh, yeah, we'll hopefully before game five. And the next uh, three games are all in Arizona. A reminder you can save $15 at pregame.com if you use the promo code SERIES15 when you check out any daily best bet purchase. You can save $15. Use the promo code SERIES15. World Series tied up at a game apiece. And we'll see what happens tonight in Game 5. For Josh Towers, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Straight Out of Vegas podcast feed.